busy time of the year with all of the Christmas things that are going on. Make sure that you get a bulletin. Uh, there's a lot going on even this week. Cantata practice tonight at 4.30, so don't forget that, those that are in the cantata. Uh, youth group and discovery club, 6.30 to 8.30, and uh, kids club is getting ready because on uh, Wednesday night, on Wednesday night will be our discovery club Thanksgiving program. It's always a wonderful time, and so we're looking forward to that. Children's Christmas play practice, 9.15 on Saturdays to 11.30. The children's Christmas play will be on December the 11th. Then the men's 33 series, which is going absolutely wonderful. Well, they had one week, and it was really great. The first night had about 18 men there. Praise the Lord for that. That's on Tuesday nights at 6.45 down in the family life class. Um, Cornhole Tournament on Saturday, November 26th, right after uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, if you want more information about that, you can see TJ or Kelly Duval. There's Kelly, and there's TJ, all right? Later, they'll sit together, all right? And that's good. So if you want to know about that, you can ask them. Uh, youth Group uh, Girls Devotion Night is on Saturday, November 26th for all middle school and high school girls. They'll be having a devotion night, uh, and that'll start at 6 o'clock. Ruby Beamer, you can ask, uh, talk to her if you've got any questions about that. All right. And then the other things are kind of later on, so make sure you get your bulletin, and that way you've got the announcements of what's going on, and uh, we thank the Lord to be a part of a busy church. All right, at this uh, time we'll have our ushers come for our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Kurt, would you ask a blessing on the offering?
listening to it this morning just to so happens Mr. Middleman over there was listening to it this morning this song just says thanks thanks I give you thanks for all you've done I am so blessed my soul has found rest oh Lord I give you thanks I was listening this morning to Tony Evans preaching and uh, he gave an illustration of a, of a guy I, th I thought he said it was Matthew Henry but I ain't gonna it was a I would say he's a guy and he was walking down the street and, um, and somebody come up to him to rob him, wanted his wallet. He said, well, before you take my wallet, I just want to give thanks real quick. And he said, Lord, I thank you that, uh, I thank you that all this man is, that I thank you that I've never been robbed before. And this is the first time I've ever been robbed. I thank you this has never happened to me before. He said, Lord, I also thank you that he's just taken my wallet and he's not taken my life. And he said, last of all, I thank you that even though he's taken everything that I have, I didn't have much. <laughs> but it was, it was an illustration of in everything giving thanks. Uh, and we talked about that a little bit last night. In everything give thanks for this is the will 
of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And um, the Bible says over and over, talks over and over in God's word about giving thanks as a, as a command. We are to give thanks. It is the will of God for us to give thanks. There's something that happens when we have a, a mindset of thanksgiving. It changes how we live. It changes what we do. Um, and, and no matter what we're going through in life, there is something that we are able to thank God for. I'm thankful that God has blessed me with, uh, well, just to be part of an amazing church where we can feel the Spirit of God move on a regular basis. I'm thankful that, that I've got a, a, a healthy family and, and they're all, they all love the Lord and, and, and they all have a desire to serve God and that's not of me, that's just of the goodness of God that that's happened. And I'm thankful that in spite of who I am, <laughs> that he's loved me enough to send his son to die for an old sinner like me and that if nothing else, I can have life on this earth more abundantly and life eternally with him. There's something that we can give God praise for. There's something that we can give him thanks for. And it's something that it should be continually in our lips. God's going to get more thanks this week than he ever has from a lot of us. But this should be something that is continual. God has blessed us with so much. So I just want to sing this chorus. And Mike's right. we got some songs lined up. That's been on my heart just that I'm thankful for. So let's just praise the Lord this morning and offer him our thanksgiving. Thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you've done. Here we go. Thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you've done.
guilt was erased. The chains of the past are broken at last. I got saved. goodness I've tested and tasted your grace I was so lost till I fell at the cross and God saved Lord God saved I'm redeemed by the mercy of Jesus I'm amazed by the goodness of the Lord I'm restored and made right he got a
to Jesus for everything that he's done for us. And man, if, if you can't start off with being thankful that he saved you, I mean, that's the big one right there. But you know what? I'm real realistic too. We all kind of lose a little bit of the wonder, don't we? Let's just face it, you know? You say it and I say it. Oh, I'll never get over and we sing the songs. But life is real, right? And you go along day to day and Everything's kind of the same. And even I sometimes think, Lord, help me not to lose just the wonder of, of being saved. Help me to, to keep that fresh in my heart. And I'm always trying to think, Lord, what, what's going to do? How are you going to help me do that? I don't, this is just me. This last week, you know, was one of those weeks where, you know, just like everybody, you're busy, you're doing. But was one of those weeks where I felt like I failed. Do you ever have that? 
where you make a big mistake and you're like, Lord, I didn't want to fail in that way again, but I did. And as I was thinking about it and thinking about what I had done and just where it was, the Holy Spirit was sweet to say to me, I knew that would happen and I still saved you. And the joy of my salvation was real. And man, we all mess up, don't we? We all fail. But Jesus knew that right from the very beginning. And I don't know, maybe this one's just for me. But when I, when I mess up, man, I'm thankful that the renewing power of the Holy Spirit is there. And it makes it real again and again and again. And I stand amazed that he would save a sinner like me. Knowing what I've done and what I will do in the future. Man, I'm thankful that we have a wonderful, loving God that loves us like that. Amen. Let's sing it. We're all on a journey and we're called to walk by faith. Always be those mountains and valleys in our way. But right here in this moment, may our strength be renewed. As we recall what God has done, how we've seen Him move. If there's anybody here,
Saturday, uh, we laid to rest my grandmother, who was 99 years old. And uh, earlier, back in August, my other grandmother passed away, and she was 97. And um, I just want to say that I'm grateful to the Lord for both women being very godly influences on my family's life. Um, the one that just passed away recently was my dad's mother, and her and my grandfather had been preachers and missionaries uh, down to the backwoods of West Virginia for years and years, and then they moved up here and they were Christian school teachers until they retired, and uh, I was thinking about it last Saturday at our funeral, you know, without that godly influence and uh, taking their kids to church and, and teaching them about the Lord, where would, where would I be, you know? Uh, because I'm a direct result of that. And uh, do I deserve it? No. Um, did I do anything special to get it? No. I just, God's goodness and um, his mercy. And uh, my ancestors, relatives, family is just a beneficiary of the goodness of God. And we, like I said, we didn't do anything to deserve it. But we are responsible for passing it on to the next generation. And uh, I just want to say thank you to the Lord uh, for the uh, godly influence I had in my life because um, I definitely strayed away and uh, could be in a whole different place today than where I am. And uh, thankful for his goodness and for his mercy. And uh, Maybe today you've just taken the goodness of God for granted and not realized that what you have in your life is because of God. It's not anything we've done. Uh, you couldn't pay enough money to earn salvation. You couldn't pay enough money to have the family that you have. And it's only because of his goodness and his grace. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, my life, you have 
me, if you would, in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's been so good already to be in the house of the Lord, 
We want to be careful to follow the Holy Spirit's leadership as we take a few moments in his word this morning. That was a great song that we finished with there. I've been praying that for my friend Dale. He lost his wife this week, and he needs to the strength of the Holy Spirit. It's good to have a song sometimes to pray over your friends and people that need it. And uh, I would play that song and just pray it for him and say, Lord, make him sure of you. Because the enemy wants to come in in times like that and make him doubt and make him think that God doesn't love him. And uh, so you pray for Dale and Rachel. They... uh, Rachel's with the Lord, and Adelie is there now, but they're, they're going to need your prayers. And uh, they're going to be missed by so many. She is. But yet at the same time, the Lord is, is good. So pray for him. I know that he would appreciate that. Uh, let's go to the scriptures today. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to read two verses. And uh, I told Derek this morning, I said... Uh, I'm stepping away from going out of the book of Acts on Sunday morning because it is the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And we believe in preaching the word of God, not topically per se, but I am preaching on the topic of Thanksgiving. But I want to expose this passage of scripture for the truth that is in there that because sometimes we consider it exclusively about Thanksgiving, that we might lose the context of it. And it's my prayer this morning that we won't. And so we want to look at this passage of scripture for a few moments. And what I want to do is read verse number 7 and read verse number 15 right out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to read those two and then we are going to make reference to all of it in between. But those are the two where our focus will be. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you found that with me, stand if you would for a moment. Just stretch your legs just for a moment and uh, then we'll be ready to go. Verse number 7 says, Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And then verse number 15 would be the one that we're most familiar with, that we would think of most of the time at Thanksgiving. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. Your presence has been sweet. It's been needed. Give us the uh, ability this morning to share out of the Word of God what is appropriate for the time. Dear God, we are looking for you to help us from your word. We are looking for us to encourage believers this morning to maybe rekindle some thankfulness in their heart towards God. Maybe, dear Heavenly Father, we need to re-spark that. We need to, to come back and just put things in the right perspective so that we could be thankful to God. But then, dear God, it's on our heart this morning that we would speak so highly of this God who has showed us great love, that he has given us a gift that is so perfect in Jesus Christ, that if there is someone in the building this morning who knows not of the goodness of God, 
and has never experienced the monumental gift that is Jesus Christ, that they would be awed and in wonder of the fact that Jesus has indeed loved them and that God has gone to such extremes to give them the gift of salvation and that they would put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and receive that wonderful gift that you have given. Thank you, God, for your word. Use it today mightily. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thanksgiving is a, is a good time, the, the right time to come and give this thanks to God. We do it at this time of year for a very specific reason. We come at the end of the harvest. We come at the end of the time, close to the end of the year, when we can kind of take an evaluation of what God has done, of the goodness that he's brought to us. And then we're able to say, thank you, God, for the bounty of the harvest and all of those things. And it is good and it's appropriate. I'm not going to go into any great history of Thanksgiving and all of that. You've heard all of those history lessons before, haven't you? Amen. Oh, all right. Well, one guy hadn't heard them yet. So for the sake of him, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, no, but hey, you just ask your dad later. I'm sure he'll love to tell you all about it, okay? All right. But no, so we, we know and understand that, that we come to Thanksgiving this time. We've seen the goodness of God. The one thing that I do love about it, uh, historically speaking, and I will say this that is beautiful, that we come at that time of harvest when we see what God has done. Because as an agriculture and all of those things and they would go out and sow the seed and plant it it was only of the goodness of God would they see an increase God had to give the rain God had to give the right weather God had to do all of that stuff and not only that but it had to be the miracle of life that brought it to fruition anyway because whether we know it or not we still are not exactly sure what happens when we put a seed in the ground and it germinates and comes out. That is still a miracle that God does. And not only that, when God does it, that small tiny seed that we put in the ground comes up and it brings multiplied blessings from it. It's only God that can do that kind of stuff. I want to preach that one right there. But aren't you thankful that we have a God who saw life and he who was life when they put him in the ground, amen? And when he came out of the ground, there was multiplied blessings. He was the first fruits of them that slept. And now that he is resurrected from the dead, any man who puts his faith and trust in him becomes the fruit, the fruit of that resurrected life. That's some good preaching there, even if you don't know it. Amen? You go home and study it for yourself. Go find all those ones about Jesus Christ. Anyway, so we come together and we do that. But we also, and this is important too, we are also coming, we're seeing that's what's done and, and how it's going, but we also, and what Paul is working at in this passage of Scripture as well, we also find a time through the Thanksgiving time, that we look at our accounts and we look at what God has done and then we make an assessment of what we can give. Did you know that? Oh, that one's, you're kind of, you're like, wait a minute. 
I've never heard somebody talk about that at Thanksgiving. I thought I was just supposed to say thank you to God. Oh, guess how you're supposed to say thank you to God? In what you give. And Paul here is dealing with that very idea in this scripture. So here we are at Thanksgiving time, and God has blessed us richly. Are we supposed to build more storehouses so that we can store it all up? Nope, we're supposed to go, God, what would you have me give as a Thanksgiving offering to you? What would you have me do, and where would you have me go? And in case you're saying, no, Mike, I think you're making that up, let's go to the Word of God. Amen? I'm glad you asked about that. So let's take a look at this passage of Scripture. We're going to look at them two together. When we go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, and really it was kind of interesting to me because it wasn't too long ago, even though you may not remember it, that we preached through the books of 1 and 2 Corinthians. And man, I had a lot of notes. Can you imagine that? I had a lot of notes on those two things, but we're not going to preach on those. But if you go back to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, Paul is speaking about a collection, and he's also speaking about it in chapter number 9. At the beginning of it, he says that uh, I was writing to you about the gift that you were going to give the church that was at Jerusalem. And I don't want to go into too much of the backstory, but it helps us with the context of the scripture. You see, the church in Jerusalem was facing persecution, uh, uh, just dreadful persecution. They were losing property. They were losing uh, sometimes even their life and their goods because they were following Jesus Christ. And so they were going around to all of these new churches that were coming up in Corinth and that were coming up in uh, Ephesus. And those people were taking a collection and Titus was going around receiving that collection and taking it back to the church at Jerusalem. And isn't it appropriate for God's people to take care of God's people? Amen goes right there. Can I do you one better? Isn't it appropriate for God's people to be an example to a lost and dying world and even take care of the needy in their community so that they might demonstrate the goodness of God. Has the goodness of God been following you around all year? Well, then demonstrate it to somebody out there who needs it. That is how we do it. It's not just by coming in here and raising a hand and saying, thank you, Jesus, I had a great year. No. It is physical and it is real that I go out into the community, I go out into the place and I find the person who is in need and I serve them with my time, with my treasure, whatever God has made me abundantly wealthy with, then I in turn give that to others. And I'm not always speaking about money. God might not have blessed you monetarily, but maybe God's blessed you in other ways and you can give that. You can give that, and so we go out and we do that. It is good to do that. He speaks of that here, of this church in Jerusalem that needed that help. This, as a matter of fact, and I don't want to belabor the point too much, but if they were going to help anybody, it ought to be the church at Jerusalem. This is where it all started. They owe a debt to them because it's from them that they received the gospel. Boy, that's big right there. Somebody possibly might have shared the gospel with you 
And maybe they've been a blessing to you. Maybe they've encouraged you along the way. God is then, and, and people have done this for me, and it's a blessing that maybe it's for your, your time to return that blessing to them in whatever way God has done that. This is the time to do that. So Paul uses these couple, and i got to hit these real quick so that we make sure that, uh, anyway, I'm going to preach them to you this morning. The Lord's with us. He's been a blessing already, and we got plenty of time. Don't even turn around. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at your clock. And you won't realize because we're having fun. Amen? And time flies when you're having fun. So let's take a look here at some examples that he gives so that we can just maybe do a little bit of our own accounting this Thanksgiving. We've got biblical examples of this. He first gives an example of giving. It's that simple. If you go back to uh, chapter number 8, and I want you to look at these verses with me real quick. Chapter number 8, verses 2 and 3. We might need to back up to 1 just to help you out. Moreover, brethren, verse number 1, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, that they were willing of themselves, praying with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Paul, Paul uses big words, I get it, but here's what he's saying, and it's real simple. The church in Macedonia didn't have anything, but they wanted to give anyway. And as a matter of fact, what Paul is saying, we were like, look, the blessing, it's been handled. God has supplied the need. But the church in Macedonia said, no, we want to give because we know this is how God blesses. You see, and I, I hope you're going to stay with me this morning and get this and get all the good out of this. They said, we want to give. And we, remember that verse we read? Because God loves a what? A cheerful giver. And they said, we know that we're poor, but we know that this is the kind of stuff that when we do this, not about of our, out of our abundance, not because we have plenty, but because we're going to give sacrificially, we know that this is where God is going to reap the biggest benefits. We want to sow bountifully to the Lord because we know we will reap bountifully from the Lord. Oh, that's big, isn't it? I'm reminded of that little old story. The king that was walking through his kingdom. And he was visiting all the people and all the people in the streets. And he was seeing all them. And he came across a beggar who was begging. And the beggar thought to himself, Surely this man will bless me. And he held out his bag of alms to give. And he said, Give me some alms to the king. And the king said this, Will you give me anything? Would you give me something? And the man, the only thing he had was a small bag of rice. So out of his small bag of rice, he pulled three small grains of rice, and he gave them to the king. At the end of the day, as he was going through all of the things in his collection bag that he has received, at the very bottom of the bag, he found three golden grains of rice. 
and he said to himself, Oh, that I would have given the king more. See, God knows how to give back, doesn't he? He knows how to give back a whole lot better than we realize. And the person in this life and the person in their relationship with God that starts to realize how good God is, they start to be ready to give him so much more because they understand how good he is at giving back. And it's not selfish. It's not. It's a cheerful giver. It's just understanding the goodness of God. That's all that it is. You can't outgive God. You can't. It's not going to happen. He's going to make it happen. Anyway, he had an example of giving, sincerely giving that. Notice that too. I got I to gotta hit this one real quick. Verse number 8. Verse number 8 of chapter number 8. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of other and to prove the sincerity of your love. Do you want to prove that you love God? It's not going to be by how many times you made it to church. It's going to be by what you gave him back. Hmm. I think that's some good preaching right there too. You're not going to impress God because you made it all 52 weeks into the house of God. You are going to impress God. You are going to show the sincerity of your love by what you gave back. By what you gave back. Verse number 9 as well. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's the example again of giving. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might be rich. See, this is where we're getting at the end. Is that for my sake, there was somebody named Jesus who loved me so much that for my sake, he became poor. Did you know that in here this morning? That if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never experienced the love of God, what I want you to know is that Jesus Christ sacrificed everything so that you could have the riches of heaven and the riches of God's glory distributed into your life. He has sacrificed everything for you. He is a giving God. He's a giving God. Number two, the result of their giving. Let's go over to chapter number 9 real quick where our text was. Chapter number 9, verse number 10. Again, Paul is a little bit, he uses a lot of words. Now verse number 10 of chapter number 9. Stay right there with me. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Being enriched in every good thing to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Here's what Paul's saying right there. There's two things that are going to happen as a result of your giving. Number one, a need is going to be met. Okay? God is going to, he is going to direct you. He's going to move you into a place where the need, the need will be met. And that's a good place to start right there. But the second thing that's going to happen is your giving is then going to result in thanksgiving towards God by somebody else. 
Somebody else is going to praise God. Now, this is important because God loves a cheerful giver. If you're doing this so that you get the praise, it don't work. Okay? You've negated, you've messed up the equation or whatever it is you want to call it. At that point, we've done messed it all up. The point of the giving is so that as I give the gift, they would glorify God. Because remember, where's it coming from? We ought to be able to say, God has blessed me. And in turn, I'm going to bless you. Right? That's it. That's where it comes from. We don't go, oh no, I'm such a good guy. I'm going to help them out. I'm going to make sure they got everything that they need. And man, I just had a great year because I'm such a savvy businessman that I'm going to give this to those folks. No, God has blessed me. This is biblical stuff right here. We go all throughout the book of Acts with this as well. That God has shown this, that there are those that he makes wealthy so that they can be a blessing to the saints. It's biblical stuff. And he's saying, listen, he has blessed you. You're going to turn around and say, I am giving this to you because God was good to me. And what do they do? They say, praise God the Lord. Thanksgiving is made because we were obedient. Boy, that's good, isn't it? Do you think it's possible this year that you could help somebody along with their thanksgiving to God? That you would be the instrument that God would use. That He would say, hey, why don't you help somebody along as they give thanks to me this year. They don't have a whole lot of reasons. Just like Daryl was saying, we can always find them. But Satan's good at attacking, isn't he? Satan, Satan's good at saying, God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. That's his playbook from the very beginning, right? God doesn't want you to know the knowledge of good and evil. God's holding back on you. God's doing this. But would you be the person... That under the end, but by the power of the Holy Spirit and the goodness of God, that would come along and say to somebody, I have been blessed and I want to bless you because God put this in your way. And all of a sudden, a heart that wasn't praising God last week is praising God this week because what you've done. I want to be that kind of catalyst. I think that'd be a pretty good Thanksgiving. I think it would make a ton of sense. Anyway, we see the results of this is that God, He gives the increase. God is the one that blesses. Not, I didn't make this happen. And in turn, thanksgiving is made by others. Then the last one right here. A reason to give. A reason to give. He already made a little bit of a understanding of it when we saw it before. But He again goes into it right here. And He says in verse number 15, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Now I want to say that I believe that this Paul is so good at, at layering the meanings of what he's talking about. But if you've just worked through chapter 8 and chapter number 9, okay, your mind not, might not necessarily as quickly go to Jesus Christ. You might go to the fact that God has given us this amazing gift that by our giving, it blesses others and spurs and brings on 
uh, thanksgiving and all of this, that God has done something that's almost difficult to describe and difficult to put words into, that God would give us such a gift as this, that we could be a blessing and in turn receive a blessing, that we could watch somebody, watch this, that we could watch somebody receive a gift from us and equate it to the goodness of God, right? Now, I believe that that's what he means. But I also believe that he's also making reference to the greatest gift that God has ever given. And that is his son, Jesus Christ. And so he is doing this in two ways. Because he's also saying it like this. Don't you understand that Jesus Christ did not just tell you did not just speak to you about how much he loved you. He didn't just say, oh, I love you so much, and wouldn't it be great if you could be redeemed? No. How did he demonstrate his love towards us? By leaving the throne of heaven. By giving us an example of what love really is. Love sets self aside. Whoa. Whoa though being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Jesus Christ humbled himself for you. He became nothing. That is just, blow I don't even like saying those words. But according to the scripture, he made himself of no reputation. He became low and a base for me and for you so that he could through his death and sacrificial giving of who he was so that he could pay for your sin what was the biggest debt what was the biggest problem what was the biggest issue you had it was the sin debt that hung over your head some of you in here today might still be sitting under that weight of guilt and sin. And it weighs on you and it burdens you. It burdens you heavier than any financial burden ever burdened you. It burdens you heavier than any family crisis ever burdened you. It burdens you ever than any emotional anxiety or anything else. But praying on you at the end of your mind is that you are thinking, one day I will give an account before a holy God for how I have lived and what am I going to say? Because I'm a sinner and I know it. And I want to tell you, this man Jesus came along to bless you through it all and he paid the debt on the cross of Calvary for your sin he canceled it out he separated for those that put their faith and trust he washes their sins away and guilt is no more shame is no more the weight of that debt is gone by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and that's what he paid for us. Thank God, too. Just as we already mentioned, the grave could not hold him and the grave could not keep him. And that seed that was dead, that they put into the ground, on the third day, 
a miracle from God took forth and he breathed in and his heart beat and the blood that bought our salvation started racing through his veins and he got up out of the grave and he said the debt's been paid and any man that my goodness my graciousness the blessing that I am is now imparted to anyone who will believe. That's my example of giving. Jesus Christ. That's why, that's, that's why I give. And when I give that way, I'm thankful that even though it broke the Lord's heart, He went to the cross willingly. Nobody made him, but he went willingly. God loves a cheerful giver. It's thanksgiving. How are you going to praise him? Maybe God wants to use you to help somebody else give thanks this year. Maybe it'll be your gift, your blessing, your time, whatever it is that reaches into the heart and life of somebody and helps them give thanks to God. Maybe you're here this morning. You've never accepted this free gift. Can I tell you this morning that I'm trying to every day say thanks to God for his unspeakable gift. And it is just that. Maybe you've never experienced the gift of God in your life. You've never had him as your savior. You've never accepted him. You've never asked him to cleanse you of your sin. You can start out this Thanksgiving the way it ought to be started out, by giving thanks to God for the greatest gift He's ever given, His Son, Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for the opportunity to be in Your house this morning. It has been absolutely wonderful. Your Spirit has been with us. Your Word has proven itself powerful again. Dear God, I don't know what everyone stands in need of this morning, but you put the word of God in our mouth. You are going to bless it. And if there's somebody here this morning who needs to give thanks, there's somebody here who needs to surrender to, to doing your will and giving that blessing, dear Lord, let them do it this morning. Dear Lord, if they come to the altar and settle it, I'll praise the Lord. If they settle it at their chair, at their seat, I'll praise the Lord. I just want them to get it right. But dear Lord, you know what's on my heart the most. Maybe there's somebody here this morning, they have never experienced the gift of God in their life. Dear Lord, I pray that they would come this morning and let us take a Bible. Maybe we even need to take some time and go in another room and share with them the goodness of God through your Son, Jesus Christ, that washes away debt, makes us a new creature in Christ Jesus, fits us for a life in the kingdom of God. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. As we stand. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he would give his only son. To make a 
Oh. 